0: Hello and welcome to Pop of Passion. Join me, Jack Sparker, comedian and highly sensitive person, along with a guest every other week as we delve into our deepest passions, from being a plant dad to conquering insecurity with comedy. If you relish the memory of an unexpected late night conversation with a stranger about their obscure passion, the kind where you have tears in your eyes one second, and are doubled over laughing the next, this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome to Pop of Passion. I'm Jax Barker and I'm so glad you're here. My guest today used to be a worship leader. She also used to want to be a nun, and at the time, she had never met anyone who was Catholic. She is a transgender stand up comedian, speaker, and actor. She hosts the podcast, I Love Funny Women, and teaches and runs the Lady Laughs Comedy and the x Comedy Show in Madison, Wisconsin. Please welcome to pop of passion, Dina Nina. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm well. It's so nice to be in this space with y'all.
0: Thank you for being here. You you just did a little energy work in the room, and
1: I I get um, a little woo woo.
0: (laughs) I love that. So I guess that leads me to my question: What is your passion?
1: Gosh, so uh, I love comedy. I I love finding ways to um, help empower women, give them tools to empower themselves, and 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 I love I love the woo woo stuff. Like I like all things woo woo. Absolutely, things woo woo.
0: Yes, it's, it's very relatable. Yeah. I feel like it's sort of like, you know, calling back to your fun fact that sounds fake, I think a lot of us are reaching for something in a space where we don't really, um, I don't want to speak for you, but like cling to religion in a way that our parents or grandparents mm. did. So a lot of us are looking for other outlets for understanding of the un-understandable.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just feel like... Uh traditional religious paths tend to cause a lot more harm uh, to people than not always. Like there are some really great right. churches, really great Christians, really great whatever. But I, I just see that the traditional paths are really about control um, and and not about who they say they're about. Like if, if you're a Christian and, you know, you're supposed to follow Jesus, right? But you're yeah. not looking at those at the words of Jesus and following those. You're following Paul or you're following totally. the Pharisees, Sadducees, you know, like all the stuff before that. And and I think that what we're searching for is a way to connect and not feel under the thumb of patriarchy, you know, mostly. Yeah. And colonialism.
0: Absolutely. There's such a connection between like I would say like divine femininity and spirituality for me and I think for a lot of my friends mm-hmm. and for a lot of people that I am inspired by. So where does the feminism come in for you in oh the God. woo?
1: Well, I I when I, so because I'm transgender, there was no place in, in the church for me. Mm-hmm. Um and I couldn't reconcile my my as far as like when i first came out i thought i was gay and and then i realized i'm a straight woman it's yeah. you know and and so i think that when you don't feel like you're accepted you don't feel like you have a space you search wherever you can right Yeah. so i i looked at a lot of different paths and and uh wicca and paganism was was definitely something that was on my radar and i found it really interesting and and i loved the fact that there wasn't a um, 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 a devil, you know, you know, yeah. and, and it was a lot less, you know, we're trying to control everything. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're in touch with the divine period. But recently I have found es- a little more esoteric Christianity, mm-hmm. like looking at the Gnostic gospels.
0: Yeah.
1: Pardon me. I've got a belch. All good. How gross and rude. No. Oh my God. Um, so, I, I found the, the the Gospel of Sophia and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, and you look at those, and there is a tradition of divine feminine in Christianity that that has been systematically um, silenced and squelched, and yeah. and they attribute masculine um, identity to the divine feminine, which is the Holy Spirit. When you yeah. when you when you look at especially like pentecostal charismatic traditions more like you know woo woo let's raise our hands and dance kind of traditions and you they, the way they talk about the holy spirit and the attributes are very much rooted in divine feminine, mm-hmm. you know, and and, and they just kind of said, no, there's no divine feminine. It's all men, men, men. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Sophia. And I, I, this is like, I'm really passionate about this because yeah. I'm, I'm like, I feel like so. Anyway, so I'm reading this, this Gnostic gospel and I'm sitting here and I'm like, why didn't they ever say anything about this? You know,
0: like, you know why? Yeah, I know. I totally be too powerful and we would actually stand up for ourselves and
1: yeah. And and there was an esoteric tradition within Christianity that at the council of Nicaea, where they decided what scripture, what, what, which were scripture and which weren't, Mm -hmm. um, they chose to, um, to go the way of fundamentalism and, um, and and taking out the divine feminine instead of incorporating all of that uh, the teachings that free us instead of enslave us
0: totally i yeah you're preaching to the choir here
1: (laughs) you got me passionate
0: (laughs) that's what we're trying to do here i just went to a wedding last friday and it was a catholic wedding and i'm a little like um, apprehensive being raised Catholic, specifically Irish Catholic and having been like a survivor of childhood sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I have such an issue with it. I love all the Gothic, like aesthetics of Catholicism, yeah. but I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And it, it like, it hurts cause that's how I was raised. But I found in the mass when they, um, went to pray to Mary that portion of the marriage, I was so overwhelmed with like emotion and like gratitude that was shocking to me because I was like, oh, I, I talk about how I hate Catholicism all the time. And it's like, I think they should have a special pew for me, you know, so I can make a quick exit when I start crying, you know, just as like a Ooh, little. Don't get
1: too emotional in spirituality. <laughs> yeah.
0: So mm. I think it's interesting how we're both called to the femininity mm. in this world of spirituality or religion. Yeah. Have you always, like, when did you come to understand this about yourself?
1: I've always known. So I feel like I've always had a quote-unquote relationship with Jesus that was unlike most people. I saw the compassion and love, and I saw where um, the teachings about his teachings specifically Mm -hmm. were not about not about like saying you can't do this you can't do that it's like hey we're here to love one another and that love is which is attributed to the divine feminine which you know like is is what changes us it's it's being okay so in the gospel of either sophia or mary magdalene there is a space where oh it's the gospel of sophia peace to sophia and um Jesus is talking about Sophia, who is the bride of Christ, although it's been said that the church is the bride of Christ in popular tradition okay. now. But, but the bride of Christ was the divine feminine, the, the, the Sophia. Yeah. Um, and there's this space where it says, uh, it attributes being in the presence of the divine as complete shadowless light yeah. and joy. So I had this, like, I went down this mental, you know, spiritual, like, what is that even like? Can you imagine not having a shadow, like, yeah. shadowless, like, and you're thinking, oh, my God, inside everything's shadow. There's no light inside. How do we, you know, how is there even a sh- not a shadow inside? You know, there's got to be a light source and there's got to be, right?
0: Yeah. Like, unless you're Peter yeah. Pan, like, you got to have a shadow. <laughs> but even,
1: yeah, yeah like, even still inside. Totally. like Yeah.
0: The inside yeah, there yeah. has to be a shadow.
1: So I'm like... It led me to realizing that being in the presence of the divine is being completely seen, completely known. Every part of you like knows all your good things, all the bad things, everything that you hide from other people, yeah. and you're loved and accepted no matter how dark you feel inside. And there was just something that about it that feels so freeing and why can't we love each other that way why can't we see each other's darkness and and be like hey huh, you're beautiful you're amazing you're you are divine you're part of god you know and 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 just put all of those even ourselves like we don't even we don't even love ourselves that much, you know, like we can't no. like I judge myself constantly, yep. you know, and I just like before I, I had somebody who told me that told somebody else about me that I was talentless and nobody liked me, which I'm like, OK, I need to look at the Bridgestones and be like, you know, this is how this is how I know that I'm on the yeah. right track. And I, you know, anyway, so I'm sitting there and and I get information from somebody that's completely false
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, completely false.
1: And I'm sitting in that sp- I have to sit in that space and be like not judge myself, not be like yeah. you're right. He's right. You're 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 a horrible comic. You're you're not funny at all. You're fat. Nobody likes you. You're that kid on the playground in junior high. You, you know, you're the kid who who um nobody in small town Texas understood. You know?
0: Yeah, it's triggering.
1: Yeah. And that is the controlling patriarchal branch of what religion has taught us. And uh, and we need more divine feminine. And we need the divine masculine to catch up with the divine feminine so that we can just stand in truth and honesty about who we are and who each other is and, and realize that uh, we're not victims and nobody's out to get us.
0: Yes, that is so important because so many people are so defensive all the time, and they think people are attacking them when they're not even talking about them. Well,
1: we're told there's always an enemy. There's always there's a devil that's seeking to destroy you constantly. You know, there's a there the aliens are coming and they're gonna eat us. You know, they're gonna take care take over our bodies. You know, they're the the uh, Russia's after us. China's after us. Mm And they're like, the U.S. is after us, you know. Like yeah. we're we're all after each other, and why can't we just be like, hey, we're all in this freaking planet together. Yeah. And if we don't love each other and work together, like I don't know, I just I had this realization. I was talking, and 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 you know when we when we talk shit about people, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I don't know if I can curse. You can absolutely. When we curse. talk shit about people, well, people talk shit about us, and. And that's what that is. Like I talk shit about people, I'm getting talked about. You know, hmm. it, it's just part of what we experience and what we draw into our in our reality. So how do we sit in that space of? Oh, and it's hard. It's not easy. It's 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 a it's a struggle. And even when you think you're good at it, you're you're not. You know, it comes back right. and bites you in the ass. And that darkness rears its head. But there's not an enemy out to get us. If we if we just allow ourselves to be like, oh, I don't have to. I'm not competing against
0: like, yeah.
1: I'm not competing against you. No, you're hilarious and adorable and amazing, and you're, your your comedy is so much different than mine. You know, like, and even if there's another trans comic, like, when why are we fighting against each other? Why aren't we just working together and lifting everyone up?
0: Yeah, you know? I think we really. Especially as Americans, I think we like live on fear because it gives us adrenaline and it pushes us forward. But it's like that's not any way to live. And just hearing you talk about the oh, if someone talks about me, then or if I talk about someone, someone's going to talk about me. I feel like there's some sort of superstition in there where it's um, you know what goes around comes around. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that is sort of a like childhood response to being raised in a church. Yeah. Because I'm very superstitious about stuff that I don't need to be superstitious about.
1: What we reap, we sow. I mean exactly. it's, it's like if you were ever, you know, grow plants or mm-hmm. which I kill plants, but like yeah. I grow up on a farm, you know? Mm-hmm. Like if I plant corn, I'm gonna get corn. Yeah. You know, I'm planning I'm planning shit talking what am I gonna get a crop of? You yep. know? Like so I, I mean, when when we look at it like Really, it comes back to me that this person's talking shit about me
0: mm-hmm.
1: because I did it about other people, you know, in other ways. So I don't know. It's like it's like when, when they say when you're pointing at somebody, like there's three other fingers pointing back at you. It's yeah. kind of like, uh, I don't like this feeling of having to grow. I'm so tired of growing, you guys.
0: I, yes, I feel that because in therapy, I've really been working on like imagining that I have been planting seeds for years and now they're starting to blossom and it's kind of scary because I've been watering them and I've been giving them sunshine and now things are happening and I'm like, no, 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 Go back in, go back in. And it's like hard to accept positive change in your life. I thought I planted an iris. Yeah. This this is not an iris. Oh my gosh. And it's like, it's a sunflower and like, oh, I don't like yellow and I don't look in yellow and uh, it's like a whole friggin' thing. And it's hard to... Like, accept good things that come your way sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's related to being raised a certain way and thinking, oh, even just, you know, uh, your body is, like, unclean or it's not heavenly. It's not a heavenly body because we're on earth. And it's like, no, I think that leads to a lot of, you know, body issues and food stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I mean... I have gained probably 20 pounds since the beginning of the pandemic and uh, I am ashamed <laughs> but I shouldn't be like it's Aww. just a it's just a body right yeah
0: a, I say it's like a flesh vessel
1: yeah it's our 3d vehicle like totally. if it, we're like, on this 3d realm yeah this is what we are and what can we learn from it and And I think the more we learn to love ourselves, no matter what damn size we are, Mm -hmm. because I'm all like talking about people and I'm like, you are gorgeous no matter what size you are. You're amazing. But then I'm like, oh, I have a stretch mark. Oh, like my belly's hanging over my belt more than I want it to. Oh, my, you know, you know.
0: You have to talk to yourself like as if you're your best friend. And even that's hard sometimes because your best friend can get on your nerves. Mm -hmm. But what helps me is I think of my little cousin's. And I try and think, how would I talk to Mave? Yeah. You know, because that's the only way to get it through my thick fucking skull to mm-hmm. be nice to myself. And when I'm nice to myself, I feel better. Yeah. But it's real hard because you're rewiring all these tapes in your head. Yeah. It's exhausting work, but it needs to be done. Yeah.
1: I'm tired of it, though.
0: <laughs> I know. It's, it's a lot. But I do appreciate um, your humor in regards to your size. Like when you said... Um, in one uh, stand-up special that you're giving up Spanx for the new year. Like my Spanx right now go up to my bra line. And I
1: totally didn't give up Spanx. Like I I I still wear them.
0: No, my thighs bleed if I don't wear them. I have to wear something. Come on.
1: I think what – there are plus sizes to being plus size. (laughs) There are pluses to being plus size. Like I – I love that I'm softer. Like, I love that. Like, and literally half of my boobs are from my back. You know, like, it, it, Like I, talk, I say that. And I enjoy that. Like, I love that I, whether I look exactly like I want to, which is the westernized version mm-hmm. of who we're supposed to, what we're supposed to look like, right? Yep. Yeah. But, like, I look at people, like, people of size on, like, Adele before she... You know, now don't get me wrong. If if I if I ever get famous enough to have money so that I can get weight loss surgery or a a perfect trainer or whatever, I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah, because it's your body and it's your choice. Right. Yeah. Amen. And but it is easy to judge. Yeah. Oh, Adele did, and I know I do it. Mm -hmm. And Rebel Wilson, like she just
1: dropped so much weight. Mm -hmm. Is she happy? Is she comfortable? Yeah. And is she doing it because she wants to do it? Or is she doing it because if she doesn't, she's not going to get more work? But also there's like the whole Hollywood thing is when you're a a woman of size and you are known as a woman of size, booking size, you know, big size parts and you lose a lot of weight. They're like, we don't even know who you are. We don't know. You're competing. So just... Like, stop competing. Just be yourself. Absolutely. And, like, I want to lose weight. Like, I, I feel like about 30 to 40 pounds lighter than I am now is where I feel most comfortable. Okay, yeah. You know what I mean? And and I'm not super comfortable because I've let myself go. Let's be honest. I've been in bed most of the time high. Like, this has kind of, like, been my coping mechanism for the yeah. last year and well, a half. we're
0: going through a complete societal trauma- together, yeah. but we aren't talking about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, we are, but people aren't right. talking about it.
1: On top of all the trauma that we get just from existing in yeah. this in this world, in this planet, in a in a society that is not accepting of who we are, as, as especially as women and queer people.
0: Absolutely. Do you find like support in any specific community within the like woo or comedy or like feminist circles? Like, what would you, if, you know, someone out there is listening and they don't have mm. these circles. So, like, how could someone get the support?
1: I mean, find awesome women that are doing rad things and lifting each other up. Like, mm-hmm. like, I hate it. And, and I realize that it's so ingrained from this, this society that that we are supposed to talk shit about each other. Yeah. And we're supposed to feel threatened when a woman comes in and they're funnier than us. But one of the things from doing Lady Laughs Comedy Festival and and creating this space for women, by women, is that there's something fucking amazing and beautiful that happens when the pressures of male comics and, and... and that's not to say that, like, I love guys. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I sleep with guys. I date guys, cis guys generally. Mm-hmm. I don't mind a trans guy. Yeah. Um, I don't mind white guys. I don't mind any... I I like guys, Yeah. you know? But, but there's something that's beautiful that happens when they are not in the room
0: mm-hmm.
1: with us. When we don't feel the pressure to perform for a booker, when we don't feel the prep, the pressure to perform for the dudes who you know talk to the bookers, yeah, um, that talk to the, that are producing local shows. When when there is not that pressure, it's just a bunch of women having a good time and being funny and and doing badass work on a stage, and that's all I ever want.
0: Yeah, it's so powerful. Yeah, really. And I'm about see. to cry
1: about it because because i i had my shot yesterday so i'm a little estrogeny um but also because ah,
0: this you can cry i cry all the time
1: it's we are so incredibly powerful first of all as human beings but as women we're all i'm so honored to have been able to be the woman that i am like there is Nothing better than being a woman. There's nothing harder than being a woman. Mm -hmm. There's nothing harder than being a badass woman. You know? But. I'm so grateful to be in rooms with women. I'm so grateful to feel accepted and loved by women. And honored to. Wow. Shoo. I really am crying. And there is a line from an Armistead Maupin uh, book slash show um, where Olympia Dukakis played um, a trans woman and it was a secret um, and it's called Tales of the City. I don't know if you've... I'm not familiar. Oh, my God. Queer queer Literature 101. Like, okay. I, I feel like if you... Yeah. It was written in the 70s he did a he did a uh, what do you call it a uh, um he wrote a, a a piece weekly what do you call it a uh, column he did a column yeah and it was based on queer culture in San Francisco in the 60s, 70s i think and uh, so he wrote uh, and it was called tales of the city so he wrote for a very conservative newspaper in San Francisco but the things that he wrote about were like queer was queer culture and how uh cis straight women interacted with the queer culture and everything it was so interesting and one of the characters had a secret and and you thought she murdered somebody but at the end you find out she was a trans woman and so she's having an affair with this guy and he goes why did you do it and she goes because i've always wanted to and i'm not saying this correctly but it was I've always longed for the company of women as friends kind of in that situation. And that was not the reason I started. I didn't even know that. And as a, as a trans woman who was socialized in cis gay male, um, drag culture and, and gay culture, there was, there was a lot of, I didn't understand who women were. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, like I thought I was going to be, you know, big boobed, Sexy showgirl wearing almost nothing, you know, I was yeah. going to lose weight. And I, I I, I didn't realize I was going to be like a wannabe soccer mom, you know, like I didn't know I yeah. would look like I drive a minivan, you know, ah. and move to the Midwest. And, and I think that line, that truth about someone who just wants to be friends and in this friendly relationship with women, mm-hmm. I didn't know I wanted that. But literally, it's the, it's all I ever want. Like, yeah. I want to work with women all the time. Because when we get together and we put aside all that BS, that competition, we're fucking unstoppable.
0: Yep. Make shit happen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember hearing you say you um, didn't expect to find such a community specifically in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And I feel as someone who grew up in the Midwest and I've lived in Chicago basically my whole life other than college, the female friendships that I forged in the Midwest are like, I'm gonna cry, they're just like the most important thing in my life. You know what I mean? I don't have a romantic partner, but like my female friendships feed me so much that I almost think I don't need it. Not to be like, oh, in Sex and the City when Charlotte's like, We'll be our, each other's love right. of our lives. And the guys can just be something extra. It's like when I watch that episode, I cry because that's already my reality. And I never thought that would be growing up on rom-coms. You know, I thought, oh, yeah. you need a man, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm fulfilled.
1: Yeah. And so I grew up in Texas. I lived in New York and L.A. And I transitioned in L.A., and there's such this pressure to, to adhere to those beauty standards of the Hollywood starlet, or you know, like, and I, I got I had a lot of pressure from the showgirls, drag queens that were around me, that and they were always like, um, you know, you should just live your life as a woman today, and and it's like I want I want nothing more to have been born cisgender woman, you know, like that would have made all of my life a lot easier but it wouldn't have made me who I am Mm -hmm. and I never had really I mean I had really close friendships with girls growing up but in in LA most of my friends were like gay men you know Mm -hmm. cis gay men and and I love them like it was a fun time but there was there was for me a craving of the things that I didn't get as a trans person like you know Having a child, going to a football game in Texas was everything. Like the crisp fall air, hot chocolate, yelling "Go Bobcats!" You know, yeah. like like there was something about that that I really felt like I needed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as a trans person, like, and this was a long time ago. Like, it was at twelve, like fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh I started comedy around the same time, which was so weird. But um, but I I transitioned fifteen years ago, and and i'm in the space and i'm like i don't know what to expect plus i'm in los angeles and i can't get a job and you know like it there it was hard it was tough and and it was hard enough in los angeles i didn't know what to expect in the middle of the country yeah because i'm i'm a different person now and and most of society views me as as um a freak honestly um, and so it was scary moving to the middle of the country Like, and my friend's like don't worry I live in Madison most of the time but I move a lot because I move a lot, I move a lot. Um, so I was I was moving to Madison to, before going to Little Rock Arkansas you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I got to Madison and I was like there was another trans person working at this little diner that I worked at and I was like this is so exciting. You know, I didn't even know that many trans people in LA. And then I just started meeting people and everybody was so warm and loving and cool. And I was like, I think I'm not going to go to Arkansas, (laughs) which is probably the best decision. And, and then I'm looking to do shows. And so I'm asking my LA friends where, you know, who in Chicago and, and, my friend was like, talk to Kelsey Huff. Here's her info. And I was like, cool. And then I got into Chicago women's funny festival, met Kelsey, met some other women. And I was like, I'm, I'm in a women's comedy festival. I mean, I know they've seen my material, but it, is this, is it cool that I'm a trans person now? You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. And, and I'm outgoing, but I'm also really not like I get scared and shy when I when I don't know a lot of people, when I feel uncomfortable when it's new. Yeah. And so I don't talk. So I don't think I talked to a lot of people, but I did meet Kelsey and I met a couple of other people that Amy, um, you know, um Sumter and Yeah. And then they asked me to come down and do the Kates and everything like I just felt like here we go again the waterworks for the first time in my life i felt like i was seen as who i was and welcomed in it was just amazing and i'm so grateful for that every day (laughs) lots of tears this is supposed to be a comedy podcast right
0: right you know my
1: inner thighs yeah (laughs) right. right? exactly
0: (laughs) I think it's so beautiful the way you talk about that experience. I I know I have had a completely different experience to you but I, I was also, the Chicago Women's Funny Festival was the first festival I got into and it was sorta of like, oh, I remember I was like, this is it. Like I did it and I was kinda of like, well this, now I've done it and now it's done. And now I'm gonna do more stuff. And then I did the Lady Laughs Festival and it's just like
1: Oh, I'm so glad you did.
0: Well, it's amazing how one thing leads to another. And if I hadn't done the I wouldn't even think to apply to a festival. My storytelling teacher was like, You should apply to this festival. Like I you know, they say you need to have the confidence of like a mediocre white man. <laughs> and I that's really hard. That is, yeah. It's real hard.
1: That because that mediocre white man is up there. <laughs> yeah, right? Like in the Sorry, stars. That was so loud. But
0: yeah, it's just, I'm so glad that you felt seen and I hope you feel seen just now and whenever you need to, because I think there are times when we don't want to be seen and, you know, we're working on sort of like our, what they call like our shadow work or, Mm -hmm. you know, you need moments of reflection, but as performers, we need that moment. In the spotlight too Like it feeds us in a way that Other things feed other people
1: Yeah Absolutely And it's hard not I'm Sorry all the tissue I'm not, not okay. sorry Why do I keep that Okay Thank you for the tissue And Tears are dry Ish
0: For now and So
1: I know right I'm gonna cry again no, In five I, seconds it's great um, Yeah I mean As somebody who's always been a performer It's still, I struggle with not being recognized, Mm -hmm. not being seen. And I think that, I think that cis men are so threatened by the power of women. I think they're threatened and, and I don't, I don't want them to be threatened, but also you need to realize that we're all in this. We're on this planet. We are half of the population, you know, Yeah. as trans people. Like, we're not that big, but we're here. And I, I, I just feel like, like, don't be threatened. Just welcome us to the fucking table and let's not fight. Let's just, let's just come together and be magical and, and, and col- collaborate. Yeah not compete. I, and and I think that's one like I started I, I toyed with the idea of having a competition as part of you know the best of the best kind of thing for, for Lady Laughs when it when we started. And I toyed with that idea and I was like, I hate that idea. I hate competitions. Mm-hmm. Honestly, all competitions are are your buddies are probably the judges, and if it's an audience participation, they're gonna automatically think you're funnier, yeah. you know. And when you bring twenty people in a crowd of ten, or that, that doesn't numerically no, yeah. add up, but like you know what I mean, like yeah. when you when you stack the audience, it's not a true competition. Like it's not, it's not truth. And so I don't like competition, but when we all work together and just try to put our egos aside, and that's hard because I have a big ego. I get it.
0: I don't. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But when we just work together and amplify each other, like that's the space we're all supposed to live in as humans. Like, Like, we didn't get to having technology by pretending like we're the only ones who have has the information. We like we didn't get out of the wheel and, you know, yeah. and and stick stage of existence by by hoarding, you know, resources. Yeah. We got we evolved from that by sharing and realizing that we're all like there, there's a good chance that a saber-toothed tiger is going to jump out and kill us, you know, like I'm I'm, totally. I'm sure that's not like whatever, yeah, but, no, I what you're saying. but you know what I mean, like, like, and then I, there's so many things that are coming out, like how, like there's this lady I follow and I can't even remember what her channel's name is, but every time she talks about um, pre-colonial African tribes um, and they, and, and talks about the introduction of colonialism colonialism introduced patriarchal, mm-hmm. um, homophobic, transphobic, um all of this. Like all of this stuff that we're struggling with in twenty twenty one, you know? Yeah. And and seeing that and knowing that and hearing that, like pre colonial tribes in Africa recognized a third gender or, you know, yeah. or some of them didn't even give a gender until you were you told them that you were a woman or a man, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and men were allowed to marry men and, and women were allowed to marry women and it wasn't frowned upon. And, and, you know, like women were treat, you know, able to be chiefs and all of this stuff, like looking at that and hearing that, I'm just like, man.
0: Yeah. It's mind blowing. I like to blame everything on, you know, like the Reagan administration, but also the British. I just find, yeah, there's so many things you can look back to, and it's like well.
1: well it it and it all stems back, I mean it stems further back than that, like like, look at the Roman Empire, yeah. like Romans were trying to monopolize and you know subjugate people yeah. and and made them work for a living, right I mean yeah. you go back to ancient Egypt, you know, there was that too, like when we When we are fighting for something that's more than equality, when we're fighting for dominance,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. it's just showing our fear. Yeah. Like don't fight for dominance, share resources, be like, there's something so magical in a community that works together for the betterment of each other. Like the thing that's so frustrating about society right now is we're so scared because they're going to take away our jobs. They're th- those jobs are not jobs you're applying for. Yeah, you know,
0: exactly.
1: And, and, and even still we should have an equal wage that affords us human existence. Like I I think about as someone who has, has had a lot of poverty in my, in my experience, you know, because I brought it in, you know, like I I don't like it, but like I sat here and and I think about like, God, if I, if I, how do you live without money? Like, how could you exist without, you know, and like, I don't, it's so expensive just to to have an apartment, like just to, just to exist, you Mm -hmm. know, not, I mean, even if you don't have like a car, like, you know, you're just basic housing and food and, and existence. Forget about healthcare, you know, like, right.
0: Yeah. Last on the list.
1: Right. It's so expensive and we're not I just want us to all care about each other and we yeah. don't. Like we're just caring about ourselves and like look, I care about myself. I want I want that part. You know, I want to make money. I want a house. I want, you know, yeah. I want things, but I want things so that I can feel more comfortable sharing and being part of like a bigger picture.
0: Absolutely.
1: God, I'm so obnoxiously.
0: No. <laughs> I was, Idealistic. No, I was going to say, like, I don't want to accidentally quote a moderate Democrat, but like we are better together. I don't know who said that. I feel like it was probably a moderate Democrat <laughs> <Kristen> who's, <Sinema. laughs> ugh, whose views I do not agree with. Right. But it's almost like if we could get together and figure out this like capitalist hellscape, maybe we could have a better quality of life as humans. And maybe maybe then we could figure out climate change in like. You know, it would just make... And then we'd feel more I comfortable. I mean, this planet is
1: for everybody, not just the U.S. Like, exactly. climate change affects everybody. It's yeah. everybody. So why is everyone not it's working all, together? I know. Yeah.
0: It's gross.
1: I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, but there's... When... If we were able to... Capitalism and... When it comes down to it, we are not a democracy. We are a re- republic. Yeah. Like, we have we vote democratically mm. but it's not democratic like no. because if it were democratic we would have had n- like there wouldn't have been a, a republican president for like the last eight or nine yeah uh, you know what i mean yep. like uh, we our voices are stifled to an ex to the extent that that the popular vote doesn't mean the popular vote Mm-hmm. Like Donald Trump did not win the election. No, he won the col- you know electoral, uh, college. electoral college vote. Mm-hmm. Um, George Bush. Like it goes back to there. I you know. know. Like that. So
0: hanging chads. So like, what?
1: What the majority of society wants is not being heard. Yeah. And is not being implemented. So, so I understand it, but but when it comes down to it, everything that this political system for the most part does is it amplifies those in power and and gives those in power more power
0: yeah and they don't need it we all we should right. like spread the wealth yeah. and then we could be more creative and, and, it,
1: and it's not even about spreading the wealth it's just like if we taxed equitably
0: oh i wasn't talking about we, wealth no, in no, terms no. of money yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah just like spread yeah. the good yeah. vibes yeah. and and
1: but 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 there's so much like if we if we did equitable taxation for corporations and and individuals, mm-hmm. if we we realize that the arts are important and no artist should ever have to live in poverty, uh, when we realize that those who are working for social systems should never have to live in poverty, when we realize that teachers shouldn't have to pay for their own supplies because mm-hmm. they need them to teach, but aren't given the resources for it. Like, and, and, and it drives me crazy when, especially middle class and, and uh, lower class that, that sounded really pejoratively. And I didn't mean it that way. I want like for people who are below the poverty line, for people who are just straddling above and below the poverty line and those who are in the middle class and they're arguing <laughs> that, socialized medicine is going to take away or, you know, or I don't understand immigration. Like, why do we have to have that? Like, I understand making sure that like people that are known terrorists don't come in, but, but like these people are, they didn't travel thousands of miles from their home because they wanted to leave their home.
0: Right.
1: They left their home for a better life for their child, which is the reason all of the Europeans came over to this country, right? So yeah. the Europeans come over and then we kill everybody or cause a pandemic that kills everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I i don't understand why we just can't find a way to be like, hey, I care about this per- that This person is a human being. I care about you. Mm-hmm. I want you to have, I, I mean... Maybe I work harder for something and I get more. Cool, cool, cool. Right. Yeah. But the systems aren't set up for poorer people to get out of poverty. Yeah. Like, you, they, poorer people, as someone who's been a poorer person, and luckily I'm not necessarily in that bracket now, like, as someone who is in that cycle of poverty, I'm paying more for my car, I'm paying more for in yeah. my bank, I'm paying more for every freaking thing that I pay for mm-hmm. and I'm getting less and we didn't ch- Ugh. so you're, yeah. now you're gonna me into politics so no
0: but poverty is expensive it and is. It, it gets it's more expensive being, up. it sucks yeah yeah someone needs to do something about it Joe Biden, AOC are you listening <laughs> they listen actually they read and reviewed on iTunes so I know they listen. awesome
1: awesome I just want more people to to think with their hearts mm-hmm I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, like whatever, just don't be an asshole. Just, just let's find ways to make life better for everyone. And not just the rich people in your district or not just the Christians in your Mm -hmm. area. You know, we're all part of this. And we came and we had a social contract when we came to this country to, you know, to separate church and state and, and that is getting too enmeshed. And and we said that this is a land of opportunity, yet we we kill people and don't give them opportunity. And we yeah. keep them enslaved, you know, economically. Uh, gosh.
0: Well, if only there was a way for just, like, the world as humanity to find a way back to the divine feminine, like maybe things would yeah. be... Because I feel like that's... It's not maybe the answer, but it feels like a answer. It can't like hurt. It's part of it. Yeah. Like if,
1: when we realize that we, like, and I'm so, I'm so woo woo. Like I, we're spiritual beings. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I feel like, and you know, my favorite science is pseudoscience. So I'm, I'm <laughs> like, like scientifically, like we see that we're connected and that there, there are things that are beyond our understanding uh, and when we sit down and just try to find love and acceptance for ourselves, then we start to find love and acceptance for everyone around us. And when we balance the divine masculine with the divine feminine and and realize, look, we are divine. like every person, Mm -hmm. In this on this planet, every human being. I think animals are too. Yeah. You know when we we are divine, and when we're when we stop buying into the fact that we are the the stories that we're limited, that we are unable to become anything more. That that our government is saying like we're not going to give you any handout because you can't get out of this whatever. We want you to know when our religions are saying like. Um, some people are going to heaven and some aren't, and it's just the way it is. Like God doesn't love the people that aren't that don't call Jesus. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, that's so categorically untrue. And when we when we realize how powerful we are and and try to sit in that space that try to sit in our, that that throne, throne room of our soul and our heart and wake up every morning and be like, I'm divine. Then the more it's going to proliferate, and and it can only get better for humanity when we realize and treat each other like we're all divine. Y- you know how when a celebrity walks into a room and everybody's like, "Oh my God, we got to get her! She she wants her water at this temperature." Blah blah blah. Yeah. Did you do what? Did she have green M Ms on a rider? Mm-hmm. Like everybody, like honestly, we're that. All of us. All of us. So if we were tr- if if I treated you like you were a celebrity, right? Mhm. And then you treated uh, Christine or Jane or Ellen or Mark, yeah. like they're a celebrity, what does that do to them?
0: Raises everyone's vibration.
1: And it makes you feel better too. Totally.
0: When you smile back yeah, or the whole world smiling at you. I don't know, that's <laughs> that's a song. For sure, it's a definite ah, sign. I love it.
1: Share a Coke and a smile. Share a diet, Doctor Pepper and a smile. Yeah, like you know, like it's like it's just like when we treat each other like we want to be treated, we're going to be treated like our like we want to be treated more often. Mm-hmm. And I think that like I know I'm not a huge star, and and I I I'm so grateful when I'm treated like I like I'm somebody. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, being on the cover of a magazine is not as incredible. I mean, it's great. It's wonderful. I, you know, I love that recognition and that validation. But when I'm in the same room with somebody like, okay, you, you, and then your producer, Christine, I think you guys are so talented and so amazing. And I feel. I'm just like, oh my God, you're so cute. You're so amazing. Mm-hmm. You're so sweet. You're, you're into the, you know, you're, you're in it. And, and Christine comes in and she's so talented and like watching her on stage just kills me every single time. And, yeah. you know, like when, when we treat each other like that, we're going to be treated like that more. Yeah. And if we just start doing that all around, yeah. it only makes a planet better. And at some point, somebody will be like, oh, yeah, they deserve to get health care.
0: Fingers crossed. Right? Oh, yeah, they deserve
1: to have their vote counted.
0: I mean, we'll see.
1: Maybe we'll go somewhere else and not kill people the next time we go there. You know, like.
0: Yeah, we should try that.
1: We should try that.
0: You know, with Mars or whatever. Right?
1: (laughs) All those people on Mars. We've had a colony on Mars forever, so.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that's a podcast for a different time. Dina Nina. This was beautiful. I have learned so much. I feel like I've had a spiritual experience just in this conversation. Like I'm realizing things. Mm -hmm. You know, 2013 is the year of realizing things as Kylie Jenner once said. Um, Uh. Not to quote a Kardashian, (laughs) but um, I do have a question, a little pop pondering for you. Oh, pop pondering. Just a fun little question I like to ask. So, Snap, Crackle, and Pop are the cartoon mascots for Rice Krispies. Who's the hottest cereal mascot, in your opinion?
1: The hottest cereal mascot? I mean, Frankenberry.
0: I love that.
1: I'm like, what? Yeah. You with those bolts, baby.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I see that. I remember watching, like unwrapped on the food channel when i was in like sixth grade and i i'd never seen frankenberry or Booberry in the stores so i don't even know what website i went on in like 2004 and looked up Booberry and i ordered a bunch of boxes i like had to ask my mom for her credit card it was a whole thing and then i was like oh it's fine <laughs> like it was such it was such an ordeal because i i saw it on the food network and it was It was special. I'd never heard of it, and then oh, but then there's the
1: Lucky Charms guy. Like, okay, he's pretty magically delicious. I'm, I'm, I mean, I just am thinking like, yeah, like a short guy.
0: Good for you. That's
1: a cougar sound.
0: I like that. Yeah, you are. You're an Um, accidental cougar, or what was the word you say? um, Like in um, your set, you say. I'm a blank cougar. Like you you didn't mean to, but guys in their 20s.
1: Oh, I don't know. That was a that was a riff apparently. okay, okay
0: great. <laughs> well, it stuck but in my I do mind. Like guys in
1: my 20s. in their yeah. 20s. <laughs>
0: I think I would say I think the tricks rabbit um okay. you know could could do some things. Like a lot of energy, I mm. don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean
0: Maybe mm. I could teach the tricks rabbit Most some cis White tricks. guys
1: are straight white guys are like Jack or like Oh rabbits, my gosh. Anyway, so.
0: But not for kids, you know.
1: But not for kids.
0: (laughs) On that note, we'll do our uh, passion plugs. Um, Would you like to go first or would you like me to plug my um, passion plug? Okay. So I was going, um, my passion plug today goes out to my right-hand woman, my partner in pop, my producer, Christine Ferreira. Yeah. She has a Patreon where you can support her work as a comedian, storyteller, and video artist. Um, and she merges performance art and stand-up comedy to create a singular, bizarre, and often absurdist work that challenges social hierarchies with a gut punch of truth. So you can go to the show notes or visit patreon.com slash Christine Ferreira, F-E-R-R-E-R-A, to sign up to support this wonderful artist who I could not live without and this podcast Mm -hmm. would not exist without. So Mm -hmm. thank you to Christine Deena Nina, what would you like to plug?
1: I would I mean, I don't have anything really coming up right now and um we're on hiatus for a moment on the podcast, but obviously I love women.com mm-hmm. Lady Laughs Comedy, but um also Lolita D. Um she's my co-host on part of the podcast, the I Love Funny Women Podcast. She is an incredible incredible comedian who now lives in the Bay Area. Um I would, I mean, God, I wish I could like go through all the women that I want everybody to totally go after, you know, follow and, but Lolita D, she's kind of like my, yeah, my rock.
0: I love that. Yeah. I had the honor of being in the Lady Laughs Festival with Lolita D and I was just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like blew my mind and I just was, it was such a special thing to be a part of something with women in comedy and and it was during the pandemic it was like last September it was just I felt so honored to be surrounded by so many funny women yourself included and it's just really cool that that led to us sitting here and having this conversation that's blown my mind so thank you so much for this conversation and where can people follow you on social media and support your work?
1: Well, I'm on all the social medias at DinaNinaXO, also on Cash App and um, yeah. Minmo, Dina Nina XO. Absolutely. Uh, and my website is DinaNina.com. So um, I'm going to keep plugging away. Hopefully you'll see me in other places and, and yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll catch you in Madison. I love it. Well, thank you all for listening to Pop of Passion, produced by Christine Ferreira at the Lincoln Lodge. Please follow the show on social media at Pop of Passion and at com. I'm Jack Sparker. Go out and be the light, living your passion.